Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and you've guessed it, this is where we talk about money. And it is my mission to empower you, to help you make the best financial decisions possible. Why? Because money is a tool, life is for living. Let's go. Good morning, good morning. How are you guys doing? It is another episode of the podcast. Welcome. I hope you had an amazing weekend. I hope you had a better Sunday than I did. Very, very long story. That is for another time, another place. But this episode, I want to come back and talk about something that is really important and something I'm quite passionate about, right? I often uh, spoke about this last year on the podcast. And because we are at the beginning of the year this year, I know that it's something that is on people's radar, something that is part of maybe New Year's resolutions, part of their goals this year. And I thought, this will be the perfect time to touch on this subject, to really give my views and give you guys some food for thought to work with moving forward. And that topic is investing. Now, judging by the number of people who have taken my investment course this month, I can definitely say that it is something that is part of the New Year's resolution cycle. People want to be better with money. People want to save more money. People want to make their money work harder for them. And that is a great thing. It's one of my long, long regrets that I didn't learn about the stock market when I was like 19, 20, 25. And I regret deeply that I didn't begin to invest in the stock market at those ages. But the reality was that, you know, we didn't have platforms like eToro, Trading212, Free Trade. We didn't have all of these um, technologies available to us that would allow us to invest small on a regular basis. So monthly, 50 pounds, 20 pounds, 40 pounds, whatever it is you could afford. We didn't have it. You had to have a lump sum amount. And that meant that the barrier to entry was quite high. Admittedly, oh my God, I was very, very poor with my money at that point in time. So um, there was no way that I would have uh, had the acumen to essentially save that kind of money. I wasn't even earning enough money, to be honest. I was living literally from like paycheck to paycheck, period. So the barrier to entry was really, really high. Now we're in 2021, the barriers to entry are not high at all. Like anybody can start doing this now. Like, you know, I've been speaking to 17 year olds on my lives on YouTube who are like, I want to begin investing and it's high on my radar right now. And this is a great thing. It's something that I, I, it's music to my ears to know that we have young people looking at the stock market as something that they can use to enhance and enrich their lives in years to come. I absolutely love that. And so with that being at the forefront of my mind, in this episode, I do want to talk about investing and I want to talk about it from the perspective of let's not get too comfortable and let's not get too, um, too lax, I would say, with the idea of investing. Look, what do I mean by that? Everybody wants to invest now and I love it. I do. But because everybody wants to invest now and it's such a big thing on social media, it's almost like this, this, this trend. If you're not investing, you're a loser. If you're not investing, you're not doing the right thing. Well, if you're not investing, it doesn't mean that you're a loser. You may not be doing the right thing in the moment, but the bigger question is, are you doing the right thing for you at the right time, right? So with all of this stuff, and like there are so many experts now on investing. I watch it on TikTok and I watch it on Instagram and all this kind of stuff. People who have no business talking about investing, talking about investing. like. Even when you look at the professions, right? Accountants talking about investing. Like I'm a qualified financial advisor, right? 
I've advised people in the past. I've worked for investment houses. I've worked for DFMs. I've worked as a consultant to financial advisors on, on pension cases, so on and so forth through my career. I don't talk about accounting and tax returns. So why do we have accountants talking about investing on YouTube? Why do we have GPs talking about investing? We have so many people just talking about stuff, trying to be an expert. And, and I, honestly, it's like, you're reading stuff of, of Google and you're just regurgitating it in a video. And that leads to a very, very dangerous recipe. It leads to this idea that, you know what? Investing is so easy. I can just put my money in the market, sit back, the money's just going to flow in. And I don't have to worry about anything at all. And the reality is very, very different. I talk a lot about in my course about the investor psychology, right? So understanding how markets work and understanding that ultimately, if I had to use an analogy, what you're doing is this. You're going to Thought Park or Austin Towers, you're strapping yourself into the scariest roller coaster out there and you're, you're literally buckling that bottle and you're holding on and you have to go through the dips, the turns, the twisters, all of those things that the markets throw at you and you have to be okay with that from a mindset point of view, right? Not everybody can go and sit on a roller coaster. That's just fact because you're not, many people just don't have that, that mentality. They don't have that mindset. They're afraid. They're, they're afraid. They're scared. The same thing can be said for the stock market. Not everybody should be investing in the stock market without the right mindset. You need the right mindset. If you are the kind of person who doesn't want to lose money, then you need to approach the stock market with caution, with information with knowledge with education to uh, to so that you know how you're going to approach it what to expect what the pros and cons are so you can make an informed decision and that is what I'm passionate about that is what I do on YouTube that's what I want to do on this podcast and so in this episode I really just want to kind of like pick out some points that I want you guys to think about to consider because this is no joke it is no joke the last thing that I want for people is to begin, you know, your investing journey. You're brand new, you're enthusiastic. You want to, you know, invest your first hundred pounds, 500 pounds, a thousand pounds, and you're, you're feeling positive about it only to have something come around the corner that you weren't expected. You get scared, you cash in your money at a loss, and therefore you never want to invest again. Worst thing that could happen to you. Instead, what I want is for you to invest your £100, your £500, your £1,000, knowing full well that, look, markets will go up, markets are going to go down. And regardless of where you are, you have to be comfortable with it. This is how you can manage your risk. That's what this is all about. So many charlatans on Instagram and all over you know, social media will have you believe that it's just so easy. I oh, don't worry about it. You're going to double your money in two months. You're going to triple your money in two months. This stuff has to stop. And more importantly, you have to stop listening to it. Seriously, you have to stop listening to this absolute nonsense because it is absolute nonsense. And for the longest time, I, I say this with, I don't want to, I want to say trepidation, but for the longest time, I've been watching these people. And I'm like, you obviously sell either Forex signals or you sell um, courses that you sell for maybe uh, four or five hundred pounds. I've seen a course last year that was a thousand pounds. And I'm like, who on earth buys a course for a thousand pounds on how to invest? And trust me, people were buying this stuff. And I'm like, wow. And so when I started my own course, I was like, well, 
I don't want to charge a thousand pounds for this because it's absolutely ridiculous. So I priced it at 99.99. This year I put it down to 59.99 because it's going to give you the basics that you need to empower yourself. You shouldn't have to pay heaven and earth for that. You shouldn't have to pay heaven and earth for that. So these are my thoughts and the points that I want to really relay and give you guys for food for, for thought in this episode. First and foremost, you need to try and cut through the nonsense that's on social media. I've spoken about accountants talking about investing. I've spoken about every Tom, Dick and Harry talking about investing. I mean, this shit, this stuff is rife all over TikTok. Like literally all over TikTok. Everybody's talking about investing, investing in Bitcoin, investing in Forex, investing in the stock market, how to pick stocks, the best dividend stocks out there. Guys, you need to cut through the noise. And I know that it can be very, very difficult to do, but you have to take this with a pinch of salt. I, there was a, God bless him, and I'm not going to call out the name, but there's a guy, he, he must be like four, he must be like maybe 17, very, very young looking, looking kid. And he's talking about the best stocks to buy in 2021. Now, I don't know his background. He may be a, a, a savant. He may be an absolute genius, but are you likely going to get the best information from a 17-year-old? Probably not. So please try and cut through the noise. And how are you going to do this? Get your information from a number of different sources. I know that many people watch me on YouTube and I try to be as open and provide as much context and nuance as I possibly can. That is important in this process. It really, really is. But I even say this you know, to everyone who watches me, just don't take me as your main source of information. I have a certain view. I may have a certain opinion, whereas somebody else will have a different opinion. So have a number of reliable sources that you can use. How can you get reliable sources? Preferably, you want to get it from someone who actually works in the industry in some way, shape, or form, right? So I've worked in the industry for 15 years. You can check me on LinkedIn. You can see where I am, where I'm at. You want to follow people who have a little bit of knowledge in the field. And look, follow them for a bit. If their content is consistent, that is always a good indicator as well. Do they change tact or change their message ever so often? Is it, you know, we're talking about this this month. Oh, but there's this new thing next month and they keep moving tax. That probably tells you that they're not really uh, that versed in what they're actually talking about or have that much confidence in what they're actually talking about. If you listen to me, my themes are very, very simple. And this is one of the other things that I do want to highlight with you. If you are a first-time investor, the most important thing for you to do is number one, get an understanding of how things work. So knowledge is first and foremost king, right? then you need to think about how you're going to manage your risk. Because investing is not like, you're not going into a casino, right? You're not putting all your money on red, you're not putting all your money on black and just like finger in the air, we'll see what happens. No, this is all about taking calculated risk, right? So you try to understand what level of risk you're able to take and what level of risk you're willing to take. And those two things are key, right? So listen to that language, the risk that you're able to take and the risk that you're willing to take. Many people often think that I'm a 10 out of 10. I'm really adventurous. Just put me into something high risk. Well, that's all very well and good until you start losing money because there is something called loss aversion. And loss aversion is essentially this, this innate human feeling, uh, instinct that we have that tries to protect us against losing money or being hurt. And loss aversion basically points out that people feel more strongly about losing money than making money. And I've seen it. A number of times. I've seen it in, in reviews where a client has made, you know, good money in the first three years, but the fourth year is a loss. And the client panics because like, oh my God, I'm losing money. 
And then you have to have a conversation around, well, let's have a look at it in the context of the last four years. So this is the fourth year. The first three years, you made money. This year, you lost money. So let's deduct what you lost this year versus what you made in the last three years. And if you're in a positive state, then actually you're in good shape still because we should expect that the markets are going to go up and down. The markets are not going to increase in value year on year continuously. You'll have some up years, some down years, and that's perfectly fine. So the risk that you're willing to take is one thing. The risk that you're able to take is dependent on a number of factors, chief of all, which I always say to people is, first and foremost, do you have a good control over your finances? Are you living paycheck to paycheck? If you got £1,000 coming in in January and £1,000 going out in, in January, if you got no spare cash, you cannot, you're not able, you're not, you're not able to take the level of risk that you think that you can take. Second of all, do you have an emergency fund? Look, we've just been through COVID. COVID is still going on right now, right? If you lost your job, you had an interruption in your income, how are you going to cover your bills? Do you have a lump sum of money, an emergency fund or a sinking fund, people often call it, to cover your bills for three, six, nine months, maybe even a year? If the answer to that is no, then you are not able to take the level of risk that you think that you can take. It's really that simple, guys. Really, really that simple. And those are the two key things that are really, that are just crucial for you to understand. You have to have a really good control over your finances. There's a third one I'm actually going to add on, actually, and that is this. Do you have surplus income? Are you going to be investing money that you can afford to lose? Because if you can't, then really you shouldn't be investing. Because that's the money that you use to speculate. And this is something I do in coaching. I talk to people and say, right, okay, let's sit down and have a look at what you've actually got. What money have you got coming in? What money have you got going out? Let's divide these into three parts. Let's divide them into your essentials, your non-essentials, your discretionary. Okay, so your non-essentials are basically things that you like to do on a monthly basis. Your gym your cinemas, your eating out, all that kind of stuff, then your discretionary is extra money, okay? Then what we then do is we either take maybe all or some of that discretionary part, most people do a portion of it, and we then invest that into the market in some way, shape, or form. That makes sense because you don't necessarily need that money. Your essential bills are covered, your non-essential stuff is there, which allows you to do the stuff that you enjoy, you still have a pot of money left over, maybe just for emergencies or to top up your emergency fund. The money that you are then investing should be money that you can afford to lose. And that phrase often scares people, money that you can afford to lose. Now, the game is not to go into the market to lose money. Obviously, you want to go in to make money, which is where risk management comes in. So understanding what level of risk, again, you are willing and able to take. You are willing and able to take. Really, really important, guys. So please, please bear this in mind. Education is really, really important. Risk management is really, really important also. The third thing that I guess, or the other thing that I'm going to add on to this that I think is really, really important, and this is, again, my mantra and something that I always think about and talk about on YouTube and on IG and, you know, wherever I, I, I give any talks when it comes to investing. If you are a first-time investor, you are better off investing into a fund and not buying individual stocks on trading 212 and free trade. I'm going to say that again. You are better off investing in funds than buying individual stocks in, on Trading212, Free Trade, eToro, whoever it is that you're going to be using. You're better off investing in funds. 
Why? Because now on social media, everyone's talking about Tesla and Neo and all these Tilray, Canopy, you know, the marijuana stocks, right? Marijuana is being, being legalized in so many countries, Canada. There's talk that Biden and Harris are going to legalize marijuana in the United States, which will mean that companies are going to do really, really well. But what that basically means is that everybody now wants shares in these companies, not really understanding the risk. If you go and buy individual stocks as a retail investor, you are taking a huge risk with your money. Why? Because you don't have the privilege of sitting down with, let's say, Tesla, Elon Musk, or sitting down with anybody from Tesla to understand what the business is all about, what their plans are, what their forecasts are, whether they're on track to meet their forecast, how they're developing new things to give them the edge in the market. You have no access to any of that information. None. The best you could do is you could access the financial reports on Trading212 or simply Wall Street, somewhere like that, and that's it. You've got no internal intelligence, none whatsoever. Other, the other thing, well, let me just say the converse to that is, if you're investing in a company or with a company in a fund who has created a fund for you to invest in, these companies do have access to Elon. They do have access to C C CEOs and CFOs. They do have access to the companies to find out the information about what the business is all about, what they're planning to do, how they're going to grow, what their strategic advantage in their sector is. They have access to it. You don't. So what makes you think that you're going to be able to buy the best companies at the best time? And don't get me wrong, you may get lucky. You may follow a trend, which is what a lot of people do, and buy Tesla. And Tesla has done very, very well. My portfolio in Tesla has done handsomely over the last 12 months. But I don't hold all of my money in, in individual stocks. And this seems to be the trend with everybody right now because it is such a big thing on social media. Everybody wants to buy individual stocks. Everybody wants to pick their own stocks. Well, how are you going to do it if you don't understand how to read financial accounts? And that's just for starters. So you are better off investing in a fund. Now, please do not take this as financial advice, guys. I do not want to get taken off the air or someone report me in any way, shape or form. But if you're going to invest in a fund, then some of the best places that you can have a look at, and again, do your own research on this, because I'm saying this on the podcast does not mean you go and do this exactly today with no care, no due diligence, no further research of your own. You have to do your own research. But one of the best things you could do, possibly invest in, and definitely worth re researching, are things like index funds or ETFs, exchange-traded funds. Why? Because, number one, they are low cost. And if you're investing little amounts every single month, £100 here, £50 there, £200 here, you know, £150 there, you want to make sure that your cost for acquiring or being invested in the market is low because the cost essentially will eat into your profit, into your returns on a, on a, on a yearly basis. So you want to keep the cost low. And index funds and exchange-traded exchange funds, ETFs, are some of the best ways you can access the market and keep your cost low. The other benefit that you have with index funds and exchange-traded funds, or I'm going to call them to ETF, ETFs from here on out, is these funds basically hold a basket of companies on your behalf where research has been done about the companies, their strategic advantage, what their projections are, how they hope to gain um, market advantage, their journey, just simple, basic fundamentals have been done by, re by investment houses, I'm going to use Vanguard as an example, right? By Vanguard, 
who has put them into a fund that you could go and buy off the shelf with them. It means you haven't got to worry about reading financial accounts and trying to find out information about the, the company and you know, what they do, where they manufacture, if they've got any contracts coming up, if there's anything in the news that might give them a little bit of an edge. And by the, by the way, but why, and what's it's in the, in the public domain in the news is already too late, right? Because if most of that gain might have been factored into the, into the share price, if it's an immediate change, even if it's future, future plans, you may not necessarily get that in the news, but you need to do a lot of work in the background is what I'm saying, guys. These investment houses pay people a lot of money, plenty of people, a lot of money to literally research companies specifically. I used to work for a discretionary fund manager and pretty much all of them, investment houses, all of them, they have a team of people looking at equities alone, which is, you know, stock market companies, Apple, Tesla, Amazon, you know, they look at that sector alone, like equities. They have a completely different team of people looking at bonds. So corporate bonds, government bonds, the best bonds on the market, looking at property, right? They have floors and floors and floors of people that they pay very, very handsomely to do that research. You're never going to be able to get the level of detail that these teams do as a retail investor. And so buying a fund takes away the need for you to do that work. And many people, and this is a misconception, think, oh, you can just buy stuff on Trading212 and ah, park it, we'll be fine. No, you have to monitor it. Do you know how to monitor it? Do you know how to diversify your portfolio if you go and buy individual stock? Like people think they can just go and buy all tech, which is, you know, the likes of Apple, Tesla, you know, uh, Microsoft, Facebook, and they're going to be okay. Like, no, you, you've, got, you've got sector concentration there because you've got all of your companies in tech. What happens if there's a piece of legislation that is passed or something happens that affects the tech sector disproportionately? You're going to lose a load of money or potentially lose a load of money. So you have to think about diversification. How are you going to do that? If you don't understand what that word diversification means, then you definitely should not be buying individual stocks. And look, I want to be really, really honest with people on this podcast. I do not want people to begin their investment journey, lose money, panic, and then be put off for life. I do not want that. It's really, really important that you do your due diligence. Before you even invest in a fund, you have to understand how the markets work. How is a fund built? How does it operate? You need to understand all of these basic, basic things. It's so important, guys. Investing is sexy. I get it. It is a theme right now. I get it. It is trendy right now. I get it, right? All the, I'm all for it. I really, really am. Because as long as it's sexy, sexy sells. More people are going to be doing it. More people are going to be getting into it, which is great. But there's a lot of misinformation happening right now. And we need to be careful. We need to be really, really careful. We need to have our guards up. We need to be level-headed. We need to be sensible. We need to go and seek information. Books, webinars, workshops, courses. That's what we need to be sourcing. A baby doesn't just get up and start running. A baby crawls. Then they get up and take their first steps. And it's not, you know, that, that fluent. They stagger, they find their feet, they begin to walk, and then they run. Same thing applies when it comes to investing. You cannot go from literally crawling to running. And that's what a lot of people want to do. And there's this fallacy now. There's this fallacy around dividend income and passive income. I mean, I had this on IG a couple of weeks ago. 
young guy, relatively young guy, talking about, I want to make a lot of money passively on the stock market. And I'm like, how are you going to do that? What capital have you got? I want to invest £100 a month. Like, seriously, guys. Misinformation. People investing for passive income. And I'm going to say this on this podcast because I said it on the IG Live and everybody needs to hear this. And I know that there are a range, of, a range of people who listen to this podcast. If you take anything, this shouldn't be the only thing you take away from this podcast, this episode, by the way, but please do take this away with you because it's very, very important. Right? You ready? If you are in your 20s or your 30s, you should not be bothered with investing for passive income. I'm going to say that again. If you're in your 20s or your 30s, you should not be concerned, bothered about investing for a passive income. Why? Because you only have your 20s and your 30s once. You will probably live till age 70. Well, actually, the life expectancy now is probably around about 80 to 90. If you are not investing for growth, in your 20s and in your 30s, you are robbing yourself of your biggest asset, and that is time. I didn't start learning about the stock market until I was in my 30s. I wish that I learned in my 20s because I would have been able to amass a good amount of money in my portfolio. Now, by the time you get to, you know, maybe 40 or so, I'm 41 right now, and you've missed your, your investing and accumulating wealth in your 20s because you wanted this passive income, and this, this balanced lifestyle, well, you've only got a short number of years to be able to, to amass the wealth that you need that is going to last you till possibly age 80 or 90. Let me put this in an analogy. I'm a United fan. Right? We turned around the season. We're top of the Premier League right now. Thank you very much. Right? A little uh, reminder to uh, maybe Mike on the podcast. Huh? We had this conversation about Liverpool. Mm? Where are we right now? But anyway, football analogy. United through the beginning of the season, were absolutely rubbish. They would start the first half, not be at the races, concede a goal, and how many times did we see it? Second half, then they pick up. The end of the second half, then they're really driving at it, right? But it's too late. You've already conceded the goal. So now the other team is being defensive. You can't break them down. What they should have done is this. Start the game fully focused, ready. Focused on scoring some goals, score the first goal, score the second goal, put the game to bed early. This is exactly what you should be doing in your life. If you're 20 and you've got surplus income and amount of money that you can invest in the market, you should be investing with intent, growing wealth, really, really pushing money into the markets early, killing off the game because you don't want to be in your 50s, 60s now thinking, oh my God, I haven't got enough money for me to retire, and then I'm going to have to then work in my 65, 70s, and knowing that you're going to be alive for eight, you know, to age 80 or 90. I watched this happen with my dad. My dad panicked about not having a pension at age 58. It was way too late. He died working. Guys, this is serious. You have to kill off the game. If you're in your 20s and your 30s, you have no business investing and looking to generate passive income because it's trendy right now. You have no business. Treat this like a football match, Champions League final. You want to win the championship. You go out, you start that first half, you score some goals, kill the game. That is what you need to do. That should be your priority. So please take that away from this episode. Guys, I want all of the episodes this year to be short, punchy, 
quick. This is 27 and a half minutes now. I'm going to let you go. Guys, have an amazing week. Really, really have an amazing week. I know things are difficult right now. I know that, you know, people are still struggling with the, the, the adjustments we're still having to make because of COVID. But remember, control the things that you can control. Don't focus on the negative stuff. If you've got people who are just constantly moaning, and look, I've got a friend at the moment who's in intensive care in hospital right now with COVID. Craig, I, I, look, I wish you the best. Sophie and the kids need you. Please focus on the positive stuff, not the negative stuff. And remember, money is a tool. Life is for living. Have a great week. Catch you later.